planned to show that mission update video for the last few weeks, several weeks. Uh, and you may know yesterday, Haiti was hit with a 7.2 magnitude earthquake. Uh, talked with, with Brad this morning, and he says that uh, he's been in touch with the mission. They are fully expecting that hospital that we, that we saw in that video uh, to be overwhelmed. And so I just think it's, it's fitting that before we uh, dive into the sermon for today, if we could just spend a few moments quietly uh, praying for um, missionaries on the field, for Haitians as they seek to recover from yet another uh, disaster. So let's take a few moments in prayer. God of all comfort and grace, we pray for the power of your presence and your spirit uh, to redeem yet another uh, tragedy in this country, this country that many of us uh, have walked and, and, and we've, we've looked into the eyes of the people who live there, who call it home, who love their country. Um, Lord, we pray that, that you will come to their rescue. We pray, Lord, that you will strengthen the missionaries who are serving, those that we support, those who are doing good work, be with the doctors and the nurses who are seeking uh, to, to just help people uh, in, their, in their pain, be with the rescue workers as they continue to look for survivors, give them protection. And Father, I just ask that in the name of Jesus, somehow, some way, you will redeem this to where more people will know that you are a God who is good. You are a God of love. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, back in the, the 90s, <clears throat> there was a phenomenon that swept through the country. Uh, it made its way onto posters, uh, found its way into books. In fact, two of the books became uh, New York Times bestsellers. It, th this craze was that popular. Um, how many of you remember the magic eyes phenomenon? Anybody, anybody else in here? Okay, I see a couple of hands. You may not recognize it by its name, but you might recognize it by the picture. So magic eyes is this thing where, you know, you, there was this, this, this picture that just kind of looked like static. It didn't look like really much of, of anything. You would look at that picture and say, well, that's kind of abstract and unique. Uh, but if you stare at it, you know, long enough, if you look at it in just the right way, if you kind of cross your eyes and squint and roll your tongue and stand on one foot, you might be able to see this 3D image start to pop out of the, the picture. And, uh, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's really cool because as you're looking at it, you start to see something that maybe you don't see at, at first. Now, how many of you, I, just um, full disclosure, I just asked our graphics crew to find one of these. Um, I have no idea what the 3D image is in there. I'm, I'm praying that it has been proofed and is appropriate. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, we, we'll find out if somebody can, can see it. But raise your hand if, if you are able to look at something like this and it's like you can almost see it immediately. Anybody, anybody have just a really easy time seeing that? You've got a technique down. You know how to do it. Maybe you can even see what's in that image right now. If you can, let me know. Um, so how many of you look at that and you're like, this is all an elaborate hoax? 
People are lying. There is nothing inside of these images. It's just all trying to get me to look silly by trying to cross my eyes and stare at this picture. Anybody never seen one of them? All right, I see a few hands on that. My dad is partially colorblind. He is convinced that we are making this up. He's like looking at it going, there is no way there is a dolphin in this picture. Like, dad, there's a dolphin. No way he doesn't, doesn't believe it. And I think in a lot of ways, uh, scripture is kind of like that. You know, some people open up the Bible and the words just pop off of the page. They, they see things in it that, that oftentimes people just kind of glance right over, pass right by. They understand the words. They see their power. They know how to live them out. Um, other people open up the Bible and it's just kind of flat words on a page. Don't understand it. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. When they, when they read it. And that's why we're doing this series called Diving In. And over the next few weeks, we just want to equip you with tools that you can put in your belt to dive into God's word and get the most out of it when you're studying it on your own. And today we're going to be talking about how we can open up the Bible and, and see what God wants us to see. See what, what pops out that God really wants us to see when we read it. How to see the meaning and the power um, behind these, these words. And this is so important because reading and studying scripture is, is not about seeing what I want to see. Uh, reading and studying scripture is not about seeing what you want to see or what anyone else wants us to see. When we dive into God's word, it is about seeing what God wants us to see. I mean, these are his words and he wants us to understand them the way in which he, he intended them to be understood. The, the theological word for this is illumination. Illumination is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit to uh, reveal the meaning of God's word, but then also how we can live it out. And these two things always go hand in hand. It's not just understanding what it says, but it's also putting it into practice. And so it, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to show me what God's word means, not my thoughts, not my feelings, not my 21st century sensibilities but the Holy Spirit, and not just seeing it, but then doing it. Illumination goes beyond just understanding. It's understanding a text in a way that it changes our, our hearts, changes our lives. It, it leads to how we live it out. And it's kind of like the, the Magic Eyes poster. Those that, that get it, they, they have those tips, those tricks that they, they look at it and they are able to see that image within the image or the Holy Spirit kind of helps us see the, the meaning, the depth behind the words, the power. He gives us the ability to interpret it and understand it and then live it out. In fact, it's, it's one of the Holy Spirit's main jobs in the life of a believer. Jesus says in John 14, 26, but the advocate, our, our helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. This is not just true for the disciples. It continues to be true for us. Our helper will teach us and remind us of God's 
word. This is part of what the Holy Spirit does in our life. It teaches us and reminds us what God has said to us and for us. And the apostles, uh, Paul's prayer uh, to the Ephesians that he writes in chapter one, verse 17, he he writes these words, "I, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is for the Holy Spirit to make them wise and to reveal truth, not not just so that they grow in their information and knowledge of God, but knowledge of who God is, that they may know him better in their relationship and how they live out their faith. And the Spirit continues to do this today. He brings us to those to those aha moments where the word of God just, it, it connects in our life. The words pop off the page. He helps us see what God wants us to see when we study his word. And today we're gonna talk a little bit about how we can make this a part of our regular Bible study. And this is important because like we looked at last week, Hebrews 4.12, the, the, the word of God is alive and active. The, the, the words in this book are more than just ink on pages. They are living. They are full of energy. And through reflection on scripture, we can find solutions to our problems in life. We, we can find and, and, and kind of uncover barriers that keep us from spiritual growth. We can find defense against Satan's attacks. We can see how God is directing us and walking with us and moving in our life. And these are just some of the ways that the Holy Spirit kind of brings illumination to us. And today I want to share just a few ways that that I've learned through the years, um, things that people have taught me that I put into practice as kind of a regular part of, of my Bible study, and maybe you can adopt them as well. I, if, if you've been you know, with Sherwood Oaks for, for a little while, uh, you, you probably already know this, but my preferred method of preaching is, man, we open up to a text together and we do a deep dive into it. I, I, I love just kind of doing that. Today is gonna be just a little bit different. Uh, to, today is probably less like a sermon and more like a, a lesson. And, and so what I just wanna kind of walk through with you, if you would allow me to, is what I do in my personal life and, and when I study and prepare for a sermon, what I do, honestly, before I ever even open up this, this book. And I'm, and I'm hopeful that then as we build upon this in, in this series, as we get to you know, how do we study, how do we interpret a passage, we're, we're doing so from this firm foundation, uh, this firm starting place together, of, of how do we even understand it and see what God wants us to, to see. And so that's where we're gonna be going today. And the first thing that, that we have to do and, and that I practice is, is I ask God to open my eyes. I ask God to open my eyes. Before I ever crack the book open, before I ever enter into a time of Bible study, again, whether it's personal quiet time, studying for a sermon, the first thing I do is, is I, I pray, God, open my eyes. 
And it's a prayer that comes straight out of scripture. Psalm 119, verse 18. Again, this, this passage, this, this, the, the, the longest chapter in the Bible that is just like talking about how powerful God's word is. It says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your laws. And so we get this prayer straight from scripture. God, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in this book. When you open your Bible, the very first thing that you should pray is, is that God just opens up your eyes. I pray it even while I'm reading it sometimes. Because I'll come across something like, I have no idea what that means. God, open my eyes. Help me to understand it. That's not to say that I may, might not comprehend it. It might make sense to me. I might understand what the words mean, the flow of the text, what other passages say about that, that text. But unless I've asked God to open up my eyes, I won't fully understand its power it's application in my life. Only the Holy Spirit can, can reveal that. Only he can pull back those layers of my heart, those layers of sin and brokenness, those layers of, of hurt and pain, areas that I need it most in my life. Only the Spirit can open up my heart and, and lay those words over it. And so whenever I open up God's word, the first thing I pray is, God, open my eyes. And then it's quickly followed by, and cleanse my heart of sin. And that's number two. Cleanse my heart of sin. If I want the Holy Spirit to illuminate scripture, then, and, and I've got to, to cleanse my heart of sin through confession and repentance. The eyes of my heart won't be open if my heart is full of junk that I haven't dealt with yet. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, if my, if my heart is filled with anger and pride, it's filled with lust, then it's gonna be hard for me to see or hear from God when I study his, his word. That doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. Being pure does not equal perfection. It means that I'm caught up on my confession. It means that there's nothing standing in the way between me and, and God. It means that, uh, that I've, I've, I've dealt with those things. And confession is how we cleanse our heart of sin. I think about it. If I'm living in sin, if I'm constantly filling my mind with inappropriate books or movies, TV shows, uh, websites, filling it with all of this junk, then I'm not going to have a heart that is pure and able to see God and his word but it goes beyond just those things that I take in. It, it also extends to our relationships too. First John 2.11 says, but anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. That, that means that if we are a wreck relationally, we're out of whack relationally, then we're gonna be out of whack spiritually too. If there's brokenness in my relationship with God or with others, then, then I'm not gonna get anything out of this word. It's, it's gonna be like darkness to me. I think it's one of the reasons why Jesus tells us that if we're on our way to church and as we're going, we remember that someone has something against us or I think maybe implied is that we also have something against someone else. 
Jesus says, but before you pull into the parking lot, make a U-turn and go, go and work that out. Go and reconcile that relationship. Jesus knows there's a, there's a connection between our horizontal relationships and our vertical ones. And so if there's a block, if there's a barricade horizontally, then that's gonna throw us out of whack spiritually as, as well. And so if I get into a big argument with, with my lovely wife, Amber, which never happens. I mean, in preachers' homes, we never get into arguments, do we, babe? Not, nope, not, not at all, does it? <laughs> but let's just pretend that, you know, every now and then I'm, I'm a bonehead and I do something or say something I shouldn't have. And it creates some tension be- between us. And I sit down and I, and I open up my Bible. And I'm like, all right, Lord, speak to me through your word. God's probably gonna be like, no, go speak to your wife about that dumb thing that you did and make it right. <laughs> go and do that first. Clean up that mess that you made. Because here's the thing. The Bible says that you cannot be right with God and wrong with others. You cannot love God and hate others in your heart. That's why scripture teaches us to confess our sin, to reconcile our relationships. It doesn't mean that we're gonna live necessarily as best friends with, with everyone. There might be some boundaries that we have to draw. It just means that if there's some unresolved tension, the Lord might be leading us to do something about that, to be pure in heart so that we can see God. And so if you're having a hard time Understanding scripture, I just challenge you. Take a step back. Evaluate your life. Ask, is there any unconfessed sin that might be standing in the way? Relationship that I need to try to mend, someone that I need to forgive. It's amazing what happens in your spiritual life when you kind of follow God's wisdom on this. All right, so you ask God to open up your eyes, cleanse your heart of sin through confession. And then number three, you come with a humble heart. We talked about this a little bit last week, so I'm not gonna spend a, a whole lot of time on it this morning. But I found that any time uh, you approach God, uh, it's, a, it's a really good idea to, to do it with a humble heart. <laughs> um, he's God, we're not. And, and so I think that, that level of <clears throat> difference kind of demands uh, humility. Not that God demands it, but that just the difference does. And scripture has a lot of good things to say about those with humble attitude, which God absolutely does welcome and lead us to. Psalm 25, nine says, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. God can work with a humble heart. It's moldable. It's like that soft clay that he can shape and mold into what he desires. If I come to the word of God thinking that I've got it all figured out, that I don't need his help or his direction, then chances are I'm not gonna get anything from it. But if I, if I humbly admit that, man, I don't have all the answers, I need the Lord to, to show me he's going to be faithful and help me see his direction in his word. And finally, and this one might be the, the hardest. Are you guys, you guys still with me? Again, I know this is, a little, this is a little bit different than what we normally do. I hope that you are. Some of you are like, yeah, is this, is this over yet? I hope that this is the last point, okay? Last point. This is the hardest point, though. I think we gotta come and, and, and commit in advance when we open up God's word to do what it says. We have to commit in advance that we're gonna do what God's word tells us to. And this is a hard one, again, because the Bible is filled with 
difficult teaching, but what we're committing to up front is this, this unconditional, unqualified obedience to the Lord. It's, it's saying, God, I'm, I'm telling you in advance that I'm gonna go into your word and, and, and I'm gonna do what it says, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's not easy, even if I don't agree with it or if it's not popular, whatever you show me, Lord, I'm going to do it because it is right. And this is so important because living this word out is the absolute bottom line. The truth is we actually, listen to me, we actually only believe the parts of the Bible that we put into practice. We can say things like, like we, we believe, love your enemies and forgive as you have been forgiven. But unless we actually put those things into practice, we don't actually believe them. I think it's why James tells us uh, to, to you know, not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. There's, there is actually a deception that we can do just by saying, okay, I've heard the word of God, I'm good. I got it locked up right in here. James says that is deceiving ourselves. It's not until we actually go and do what it says that we really believe it. He wants the word to change our hearts and our attitudes and our actions. I think for most of us, when it comes to scripture, it's not that we don't understand it. It's that we don't want to live it out. It's a struggle that I have time to time. Rick Warren once said, the, the real problem for most of us is not with interpreting difficult passages, but with obeying the passages we do understand. <laughs> we know what they say, we just don't wanna do it. <laughs> My girls know what we tell them to do, they just wanna pretend like they didn't hear it. <laughs> we kinda do the same thing when we come to God's word at times. I think many Christians are content to, to go to church, talk to some, listen to someone talk about the word, but we never dive into it on our own. We never study it, put it into practice. There's an epidemic in the, in the church, not, not, not Sherwood Oaks alone, but the, the larger church. There's this epidemic in the church that is, that is scarier than COVID where many people find it easier to change their theology than their practice. That when their beliefs come in conflict with their Behavior. many people find it easier and more convenient to change their beliefs in order to justify their behavior. But when we commit at the beginning to doing what the word says, then our beliefs will dictate our behavior. Quentin talked about it a couple of weeks ago, that our orthodoxy, our right belief, then informs our orthopraxy, our right living. That was a good point by you, Quentin. <laughs> And so this week, this week as you sit down and you study and you dive into God's word, which I pray that you do, and if you're like, I have no idea where to even start, man, I just open up to the Gospel of John. It's about two-thirds of the way through the Bible. It's one of the Gospels. It's one of the, the, the accounts of, of Jesus' life. And as you do, I just invite you to ask God to open the eyes of your heart to come to it with humility, ready to learn, to, to, to confess your sins so that your heart will be pure and then commit in advance to do what it says to do.
And I believe that when you do, the Holy Spirit will illuminate the word. It will come to life in your life. You will experience all the power and the transformation that it can bring. And you will see what God wants you to see. So thanks for hanging with me this morning. I want you to stand and uh, I'm gonna close this off with a word of prayer. God, uh, I am so grateful for, for your word, for its wisdom, for its truth, um, both of which oftentimes uh, it, it's, it makes us swim upstream in a, in a culture that is rushing downstream towards destruction. And Lord, I, I just ask that when we open up your word, whether it be um, here corporately or um, individually at home as we, as we study it, that Father, our goal and our desire will be to see what you want us to see and to put it into practice, that your Holy Spirit will just illuminate the words to us and help us not just know what they say, but how to live them out. And we do it, God, because we wanna live a life that is honoring to you, that is pleasing to you. We wanna live a life that is protected from the pains of, that, that your word steers us away from. And Father, we wanna do it because we want our light to shine in a way that more people may come to know Jesus. And so, Father, teach us what you want us to know from your word and help us to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.